You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gifts you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello, friends. How the heck are you? If you're listening to this on the day it drops, happy Thursday. If you're listening to this in the future, that's cool too. My name is Ashley. I am the host of Yoga Magic. On this show, we chat self-care and self-discovery, and we do it in a really lighthearted and accessible way. Friends, we're almost done with 2020. Can you believe it? And oh my gosh, I have been feeling the eclipse season energy. Have you? It's like... Whoa, you know, a little a little astro talk before we get into our guest today. So we're in an eclipse season right now. Um, the next eclipse is a solar eclipse. It's happening on December 14th, um, the new moon in Sagittarius. And eclipse energy is just, it's kind of all over the place. It's its honestly hard to even harness this energy because it is, it's a little unpredictable, a um, little wild card, as my friend Meredith says. You actually wouldn't you wouldn't want to do your regular moon rituals that you do, you know, on normal new moons or full moons um, when we're in eclipse. Because again, it's just a little bit hard to harness that energy. What you really can do though is ground down. And what does that mean? That's like doing the work. Like, what does this mean? <laughs> Grounding down means to just practice really relaxing and steady things in your life, like meditation, yoga. You know, that means sleeping a little bit extra, drinking more water, eating, really nurturing foods, filling yourself up. You know, in heightened astrological events like right now, my body my body is always just like very reactive. Like I, I'm feeling extra ailments and fatigue and sometimes even a little bit feverish for literally no good reason. I mean, is it placebo? Maybe. <laughs> But it's also just a great reminder to just really put self-care first right now. The other interesting thing about eclipses is that they work like bookends. So it can be really interesting to go back to you know the last run of eclipses, which was around June, and see what was starting or or ending for you. You know, what what was happening at that time? How does it connect to right now? It's it's a fun self-study journey. The other major astrological event coming up is the Great Conjunction on December 21st. We'll break that down next week. Don't worry. Very exciting. This stuff is a lot. I mean, you might be feeling this. You might not. You might not care. But at the end of the day, you know, it can be really wild to just look ahead and think like, hmm, what does this mean for me? How does this apply to my life? Okay, let's get to our amazing guest on today's episode. Tori Ganal, co-founder of She Factor, is a boss. <laughs> She's so cool. You'd think this woman would be like 
well into her midlife because she's so wise, but she's in her 20s. Tori built She Factor alongside her amazing entrepreneur mother, Heidi Ganahl, to bring 20-something women together to share in experiences of community, of growth, and of purpose. And since its launch, it's shifted into an online platform and has grown immensely over the last year. Um, They recently hosted a huge online wellness summit with some really amazing contributors. There's a She Factor book. There's a podcast. They host online happy hours. There's just so much happening within this community. I was really excited to chat with Tori today because oddly enough, this year, this year has actually been kind of amazing for me anyways, for meeting new people. I mean, you know, it's partially as the podcast, but just the camaraderie of being inside on the internet all the time has really been great. And I'm just, I'm really thankful for things like social media right now. You know, but with that, in what we talk about on this conversation today, is that there's this shared struggle right now. And, you know, the willingness to actually be vulnerable and say out loud or on social media or in a Facebook group or whatever, say out loud, I'm not doing so hot right now. You know, I'm feeling all the feels. I'd really love some support. That vulnerability it really connects us. It's self-care. And, you know, speaking of vulnerability, Tori is so honest in this conversation and anywhere where she's speaking, in her show, on her platforms, she doesn't sugarcoat her journey because frankly, there, I mean, there are no founder stories that are, are just roses and rainbows. It's a struggle to build something really magical. So I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and it's, it's been so interesting to interview all of the guests this month around the idea of really chasing their dreams. And some themes that are coming up are vulnerability, which we talk about today, but also discipline and even sacrifice. You know, starting something is not easy, but if you really believe in it and you know it's going to make the world better, you'll come out with something magical on the other end. Just it takes that, you know, that discipline. So thank you so much to Tori for being on the show, for talking about her journey, for talking about the community and She Factor. If you want to learn more about She Factor, give them a follow on Instagram, check out their awesome events, listen to the podcast, Tori's the host, and sign up for the newsletter. You just, you will not regret it. Um, Before you go, or before we get to our interview, rather, (laughs) I'm excited to announce that starting next week, I'll be sharing some of my favorite brands on this show. And I know you're like, ugh, ads, We have those everywhere, but I assure you, friends, that I'm really only going to be sharing brands that I really love and that I use, and we'll give you some sweet discounts as well. So the first awesome brand I'll be talking about next week is Simpson & Vale, which is my favorite tea brand. They even have very specific teas for the seven chakras. How cool is that? So more to come on that, but just wanted to give you a heads up as you might notice that shift. Anyway, thank you so much for being here. If you enjoyed this episode, if you like this show, share it on Instagram or send it to a friend and tag at yoga magic podcast. This is really helping the show grow and reach amazing new women listeners. So thank you so much. All right, everyone. We are here with Tori. She is a new friend of mine. I feel like we know each other quite well, even though we've never met in person. Um, but she's created something super magical. She did it out of, you know, really a vision for what her life, what she wanted to create in her life, but also how she wanted to help others. Thank you for being on the show, Tori. I'm really glad you're here. Thank you for having me. I am so happy to be here and so happy that despite the craziness of COVID, I've made so many amazing friends like you. So thank you for saying all of that about me. 
So excited. Have you met a lot of friends this year? I like, I actually feel the same. I've met a ton of people, but I don't, I don't know them personally. Like not, I've never met them in person. <laughs> so bizarre. So I feel like I'm kind of coming from a unique spot where our business, She Factor has really taken off in the last couple months with COVID happening. And we've been doing these weekly virtual happy hours. So I've become amazing friends with these women. None of us have ever met. I think I've met two of them. One of them I went to college with and didn't even barely talk to her. And the other one I'd worked with before. And then through the accelerator, I've done this accelerator program that I did with you. And then I did another one. And I've created such strong bonds with people. I don't know if it's because we're all going through this collective experience together. And like, we all are kind of craving that connection. Or if it's just the universe popping these people in my life. Either way, I absolutely love it. I've made probably the best friends I've ever made, honestly, in my life. I've kind of struggled with that, which I can talk to in, in regards to She Factor, but um, yeah, it's been incredible. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of both. It's like, we're, you know, the, the times are setting us up, are us up for this, but also I think we're calling in the right people, you know, we're manifesting the right people into our lives. Tell listeners about, you about she factor about what you've created and like I'm so excited to hear how it's blowing up right now yeah so it really started based off of my own experience after graduating college I was kind of like the poster child in college I was president in my sorority as a sophomore president of Panhellenic as a junior and then double majored and off I went and thought I had it all figured out and the second that came to make a decision about what I was going to do after college, I had absolutely no clue. And I'd spent all this time working on me and supposedly working for my future, but all of that really came to a halt the second I actually had to go out into the real world. So I ended up taking a job that I really wasn't passionate about. It was a sales job and had no idea it was going to be a sales job actually. (laughs) That's funny how that works. And It was a great place to work in the sense of it had great community, great growth opportunities. And I just kept telling myself that was the way it was supposed to be, that working in the corporate world just sucked. And that's how it was. And I was supposed to be working 60 to 80 hours a week and killing myself and miserable and crying in my car every day. Mm, Boo. Yeah. And um, my mom actually is a very successful entrepreneur. She actually started the country's largest pet care franchise. It's called Camp Bow Wow. Actually, there's a lot of them in Minneapolis. There is. We go to one in Plymouth. <laughs> um, she started that when I was five. And before that, she had a very similar journey to me where she had a sales job she wasn't passionate about either and ended up following her dream of dogs. And now that's turned into women empowerment. And then now politics, actually, it's so bizarre. But oh, wow. Yeah, she's had quite the journey. But I went to her for advice and was like, is this the way it's supposed to be? Why is it like this? I just moved to a new city. I couldn't meet new people other than people at my work. And I just really hit a downward spiral. Like everything in my life was falling apart around me. And I had no idea how to pick myself up and fix it. Like I couldn't get, I couldn't get myself out of bed in the morning to go to work. I couldn't even get myself out of bed in the weekends to do anything. And so she really used me as a guinea pig to this method that she wanted to write a book about. She got approached to write a book about Camp Bow Wow. She's like, I'm done with that journey. I want to write something new. I want to write a letter to my 20-year-old self. So she really put me through this process of mind mapping and vision boarding, figuring out what I was passionate about. And what it actually ironically all boiled down to was leadership, empowering others, helping others find their passion in life. And when I 
thought back to it, I actually did leadership in college and they make you do this activity where you create your dream job. And my dream job when I did that was literally, I want to empower other people to find their purpose in life and their passion in life. So it really all came full circle for me. And She Factor was born. So my mom wrote the book, We Don't Do Anything Small. So she built an app and then... (laughs) We were traveling across the country. We did 25 cities in a summer um, doing happy hours in all these different cities, meeting women, asking them what they needed. And then that turned into doing monthly happy hours in four different cities and then COVID hit. So it's been quite the roller coaster. And now we are completely virtual, but it's been such a blessing because it's it's really been super inspiring to see the connection like I was talking about happen amongst women. But Really, I guess to boil it down, She Factor is a community for women in their 20s to help them find community growth and purpose and give them the tools to just create a life they love, whatever that means to them, to figure that out along the way. And now we've really become this just really strong, bonded community that does fun events. We have a podcast, we have a blog, and um, we're really moving in the direction of just being really events focused because the community is so important to us. So mm-hmm. been a blessing in disguise. I, I hate to say it. It sounds so terrible coming out of my mouth, but we've we've grown so much because it's so needed for women to have that community. Mm-hmm. You're helping people. It's it's a blessing. It's a blessing to them. It's a blessing to you. And, you know, it's not like we can control the world outside. And <laughs> I, I have so many questions. I'm like, I'm thinking about our generation. I feel like and- I Sorry, just oh no, that's okay. I feel like I also did not do that in a very organized fashion. So you probably do have a lot of questions. <laughs> well, it's just good because I'm I always like to ask the questions. Um so I've been thinking about just generationally, like I'm probably on the older side of a, the millennials, whereas you might be a bit younger, but there's this connection with our generation in that we're not gonna settle. Like we're just we're not gonna do the the corporate jobs that we hate, we might do a corporate job that we like, but there's been so much data and study around our generation around like, how do you motivate millennials? Because they don't give a fuck about money. They want to have a life that feels fulfilled. And I just think you are hitting it on the nail by helping women figure that out. You know, what is it that you want? If you don't have it right now, can you create it? Can you find it? Can you manifest it? Um, so, you know, what were some ups and downs as you were starting to build this? Cause I think you clearly had a vision, but like you had to create something for yourself and that's, that is not easy. What were your ups and downs? Well, it's funny because my mom is really the one who had the original vision for it. And mm-hmm. then she asked me to be a part of it. And I was, like I said, the guinea pig to this process. I was in one of the darkest moments of my life when she asked me to help her. And I ended up doing a complete 180. I mean, just by following the process she had set up, I lost 40 pounds in only like six months. I bought a house. I I loved my life. I just was so happy. I was eating healthy. I was mentally happy. I was spiritually happy. And I think that high also brought a low because Mm -hmm. I, I was the vision. And then when I became on the other side of it, I really had to figure out what this was going to look like for me and what, once you get to that destination, what, what happens from there? And my mom and I clashed for a really long time. I'd say for a couple months on what the vision was going to be for the company. She really wanted to focus on corporate. How do we help 
these women that are only staying in jobs for 18 months and don't feel like they have a sense of belonging in their jobs and their careers, how do we help them? And my passion was really in how do we just connect them outside of work and help them figure out how to create a life they love beyond their job and just figure out life around your job rather than in your job. And so that was definitely a low as well. But we actually hired we had like seven people on our team and it was just a lot of opinions and a lot of people telling everyone what it should be and how it should be. And my mom and I really had to sit down and be like, we actually have a similar vision. Everyone's just telling us that it has to be a different way. And we were exhausted. I mean, we're just listening to people tell us what our dream was supposed to be for months on end. And so the second that we let all of that go, we actually physically let most of our team go. Um, we boiled it down to four of us. And mm -hmm. the second that we did that, there was just this alignment and this magic that happened on our team that it was, it's been so cool to watch even over the last couple of months and how everyone's grown. All of us are pretty young. Um, Daisha has actually worked for my mom at Camp Awa for 10 years. Kenzie is our designer. She's my cousin. She's six months younger than me. And then Natalie just graduated college in May. So it's mm. definitely a unique dynamic, but it's been really awesome to see not only the growth in the company, but the growth in our team and individually also like that is the essence of she factor and what we're trying to do. And ever since we've gotten aligned as a team and as a brand and what we're supposed to be doing in the world, that alignment has definitely shown in more ways than one. Mm -hmm. So then now that you guys have really kind of come together and aligned these visions, is it to help women outside of work or in work or both or like, <laughs> Yeah. Give me some examples of like what tactical things people are reaching out to you about. Well, you kind of put the nail on the head. It Our generation really doesn't want just work. They want work mm -hmm. like balance. They want to be able to have the relationship and the dog and the house and the travel and the dream, but they also want to make money and they want to grind and they will work when they're passionate about it. So right. it's really about creating that holistic balance. So we've actually broken it up into nine spheres. They all start with F. Um, and they're basically a means to separate your, separate out your life and prioritize what needs your attention most. So there's bulk, which is friends and family, flame, your significant other, faith, freedom, uh, future, finance, fashion, favor, which is giving back, and fuel, which is food and fitness. So you kind of just go through those and say, which ones really need my attention right now? You only focus on on four of them a month and the app kind of boils it all down for you in this process. But it does that so that you can't focus on all of them at once, which is what we tend to do, especially as women and especially as millennials, we wanna do it all and we wanna do it all at once. So it's really about helping women identify what are the areas that you need to pay attention to and the rest will follow. And once you're doing what you love, once you have that passion and that purpose in your life, everything kind of starts to trickle into place and fall into place when that alignment happens, everything else in your life aligns. So it's just about helping them find what that alignment is and what really makes them tick and happy and passionate and get out of bed in the morning. Mm -hmm. I love that you have favor in there. That like, that struck me as just, I don't know that I see that in a lot of other brands similar to your, I mean, I don't know that there's that many similar to what you're doing, but I love that. Cause that is a piece that right now is like, for me anyways, feels like self-care to yes, take care of myself, but also to help other people is, is so meaningful and it fills up, it fills up my cup. Literally what we, what my mom wrote in the book, 
Mm. When you fill up other people's cup in return, it fills up your own soul. And it's such an important part of the process. And it actually was so important to her because of her story. She lost her first husband in a plane crash at 27, mm. 25. And wow. the way and it was the love of her life. I mean, hands down, just she'll admit it to this day. And the way that she got out of that was by pouring herself into other people and helping them and giving back. So she actually did a TEDx talk called the art of the comeback. And so favor is really important to her, but it's funny because you, you said self-care and what we've come to realize in like, even just the last three months, we did our, our big, she cares wellness summit in October. And I think probably starting in August, we started to realize how self-care is so integrated into each of the nine spheres. I mean, if you Mm. have self-care in any of those, then you can't have any of them. Like you need to care for yourself first and fill your own cup before you can fill others. And it's really become the core of our brand is how can we really focus in and hone in on self-care and wellness so that they can then focus on all of the other things that your life desires and what you want and you dream of. Mm-hmm. I can resonate with that for sure. Yes, yes, yes. So I know that you love self-development, um, mostly because you've been posting about the Tony Robbins thing that you just did, which I'm like so curious about. But I'm, you know, I'm in the wellness space, I'm in the self-development space. And sometimes I feel like inundated with too much information and I have to take a pause. What does that look like for you? Do you feel like you ever get information overload or even with like as you're curating things for she factor? How do you how do you take rest and just absorb? It is such a freaking roller coaster, man. I'm <laughs> not gonna lie. And I've been riding it super, super fast and hard the last couple of days, recovering from Tony Robbins, even. And just in general, like putting out this summit with 40 workshops, I did probably 30 of them as interviews, whether it be on the podcast or directly for the summit. And talking to people about what they do and self-development and bettering yourself. And in the moment, you're so energized and you're so into it. It makes you so passionate. And you're just, oh, it's the best feeling. Like I literally could pull like 10 all-nighters doing it. It gave me so much energy. (laughs) But then coming off of it, I crashed harder than I have in a long time. Like I've, I've put myself into it and I've crashed a little bit, but I've been able to rebound. But this was a hard crash for me. And I think it was so hard, especially because it was so focused on self-care and in such a crazy time, like the summit was on the 29th, the election was the next Tuesday yeah, and it, it was crazy. And I had 500 emails in my inbox just waiting to be answered and I couldn't touch it. I I literally couldn't touch anything. I slept for 15 hours a night Mm -hmm. and then come, come around, uh, Tony Robbins comes like two weeks later and I was dreading it. I'm a self-development junkie. I've been waiting to go to a Tony Robbins event since I was probably like five years old. It's been my, <laughs> and I was dreading it. I was like, I cannot do this. I can't get myself up at 545 in the morning to like jump up and down and like scream and yell and dance. But it re-energized me to a point. And then I came down a crash again. I think I'm just really in like the lower part right now. And I need to find my way back up, which is hence why I'm going to Arizona for two weeks, but it's hard. It's, it is, there's so much information. There's so much work to be done. Like I thought that I had gotten rid of all my limiting beliefs and I'd really done the work on myself. And I have been working on myself so much over the last two years, but I went to Tony Robbins and I was like, fuck, I haven't done anything. (laughs) 
he can pull that out in us, I suppose. Oh, yeah. I resonate with that. It's been, I feel like I'm maybe on the, the low a little bit too. Um, I've been growing this show and building a brand and it just, it just sometimes feels like treading water and then, and I'm not afraid to take breaks, but it's hard. It's hard to take breaks even. I sleep until freaking noon sometimes. And I just, like my boyfriend, his schedule's totally different. Like he works 6.30 to 7.30, like in the morning to 3.30 to four in the afternoon. And I usually enter my creative flows. Like I am the most productive from three to six or then again from 10 to 4 a.m. Like I'm a night owl. So it's just really hard finding that balance of like, when do I stay up all night? When do I work? When do I sleep? When do I sleep all day? Like, when do I know I've had enough? And I don't know that I'll ever know the right answer, but I think you just really have to listen to your body and just do what, do what it tells you. And that's the beauty of also being entrepreneurs. You get to choose that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what your human design type is? I just took it. I'm a, I am not very familiar with human design. It's I've only really become familiar with it because of the almost 30 podcast accelerator. Yeah. Yeah. Into it. I am a, a manifest generator. Is that what it's called? Yeah. I almost, I, you're either a generator or a manifesting generator. So what's really cool about the, like generators and, and mangens, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> is that cause they're different, but they're, they're similar. Um, I'm a generator. You're a manifesting generator. Both of us, when we're lit up in work, we could work forever, like, or not even necessarily work, like any sort of passion. We can just go, 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 go until we basically till we're empty and then we crash and then we come back up. So it's like, you're, you're spot on. You might be that person who just like needs to go until you crash. The difference between a generator and a manifesting generator is that a generator like me, I need to go in order. Like I need to, I'm very like linear and manifesting generators, generators are a little bit more like efficient with their approach to things. So they might take step one, step five, step two. Uh, yeah. It makes more sense. <laughs> I do not have an order to things. I really want there to be an order, but I do not have an order. It just kind of happens as it goes. Like, honestly, I totally forgot it's Tuesday. And then I have a podcast that's supposed to go out today and I haven't edited it or even recorded it yet. So <laughs> Uh, just wasn't on the list on the top of the list, but you know, it, I've become more open to giving myself grace these days. Totally. Mm-hmm. Like, who's going to notice if I don't put out a podcast today, me and maybe a couple people, but are they really, is it going to change their lives? Is it going to make their day like the worst day ever? If I don't do it today and I do it tomorrow, probably not. You know, if, if, if I can show up better and stronger and be more alive for them tomorrow. It's better for me to do it tomorrow, you know? Okay. Something I really love about She Factor is just the bringing together of women. And now in a digital space, it's like, we could be anywhere and happy hours and all this. What other ideas do you have? I'm even thinking for like my friend group or peers in the wellness and the podcasting space. Like what are some ideas of bringing women together to help each other? Oh, that's such a good question. It's, I just use our virtual happy hours for an, as an example. So we've been doing these since March and we started doing it very organized. Like none of these girls have ever met each other. There's like 15 of us. It's kind of awkward at first, you know, like everyone kind of trying to test the waters. Like, do I cuss? Like, do I drink? Do I, I don't. <laughs> and I'm kind of just wild. I just do me. And I think 
you just kind of got to lead by example and be yourself in those situations, especially as the person leading them. And one of the women, she was in a really dark spot when we first began. I mean, had just basically tried to commit suicide months before, um, had just had to move in with her parents, had no money turning and was miserable. And she's also moved into a really abusive family dynamic as well after that happened. And now only months later, she just started her own podcast. She's a, she competes in American Ninja Warrior and she's competing again. She just moved to Colorado or she's moving to Colorado in the next couple of weeks. Like she literally picked up her life in a matter of months. And that was because she was connecting with other women and that she had a space to share and she had a space to be herself and not be judged. And how amazing and powerful is that, that that connection can change, literally change the trajectory of someone's life. Um, so as far as connection goes and the ways we connect, I think we just have to be so persistent that we, it needs to, whatever it is, it needs to be intentional more than anything. It needs to be vulnerable more than anything. And I think, I hope that after this time is over, whatever this time is that we're living through right now, that that'll continue. But I think it, it's just creating spaces for those vulnerable conversations. And that's what we were doing in person before we were doing these happy hours where, you know, it was smaller groups, 20 to 40 women, but we'd break them into smaller groups. And it wasn't about talking about, you know, where you worked or where you went to school or where you live. It was about what are your goals? What are your dreams? What are your aspirations? What are you struggling with? And when you open up the floor to have those deeper, meaningful conversations, it, it's magical. Like women just are so drawn to that and it just brings something out in them. That's so amazing. So I, I don't know what the answer to that question is necessarily. I think we just need to create more spaces, whether it be virtually, whether it be in person, these accelerator programs I've been a part of have been incredible in that way, mm-hmm. making social media really intentional. Like I only follow people on social media I'd have coffee with. And just making that a space that is filled with positivity and people I admire and people I want to be like and people that I respect and love and care about. And I think that switch for me has really been important and just creating the spaces for myself, not just for other women, but doing it for myself too. Mm -hmm. You had mentioned that you were president of your sorority, you're president of Panhellenic. I am a sorority Love it. I was, I'm an alpha fee. And right after I graduated, I, I traveled and did the consultant thing. And like, and here, you know, what's funny is I was a terrible consultant. I was like, I'm just too sensitive to, I'm, I'm a recruiter. So I was always the VP of recruitment. I can recruit and feel and hang out with people. But like when it comes down to disciplining them, which was always the role of the consultant, I was the worst. I hated it. But I learned so much in that job. And in my time, you know, in the sorority, I think I sororities get a bad rap. Like there's ups and downs to it. Right. But like, I learned so much about myself. I learned about working with other women. I learned how much I love women and, and their, you know, their spirit and their creations. And yeah. And I, I'm curious, like you had mentioned that like friends in general, like that's been an evolution for you is tell me more, like, what does that, what does that mean? So as a kid, I mean, I moved around a lot with my mom because of Camp Bawa, we, I also, she was going through a divorce from my dad at the time and it was a 10 year custody battle. And it was, it was kind of a mess and moving around a lot. I really didn't have like the same best friend since I was two years old growing up. Like I went to seven different schools before high school. 
So I think that was the start of it, but it made me really, really good at making new friends. So Mm. I've always been the girl that had lots of friends, but not the best friend or the friend group. And looking back, I mean, wow, has that benefited me now in my job and what I do? But I mean, in high school and college, like I just could never figure out why I couldn't fit in the friend group. Like what was, did they not like me? Like, is it because I'm too needy? Like, is it in college? It was like, is it because I'm president? Like they just don't want to hang out with me. I don't know. And that sounds really childish, but I just really could never figure out like why I wasn't the best friend girl and why I was just the friend girl. And I have a lot of friends from, you know, growing up, but I would not say that any of them, like, I don't have like, I know exactly who's going to be in my wedding and who is going to stand by my side and like, who's going to be my friend for the rest of my life. Like, I don't have friends like that until, you know, really recently I've been able to open up to that and, and figure out, I think a lot of it had to do with like self-worth. Like, I think it was a lot of beliefs in, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy of love. Like I'm not perfect enough or skinny enough or what I'm just not enough in general. And I think a lot of that stemmed from my parents' divorce and from my mom's job and my dad's addiction. And like, there's so many things that it stemmed from and it just kept boiling and boiling and boiling over. And now that I've been able to let go of those limiting beliefs, I think that's been part of it. But I think also just attracting the right people into my life because of where I am. Like I am in the healthiest, like best spot that I've been in mentally in my whole entire life right now. And that attracts the right people. And like, you start to just have conversations and you start to talk about things more openly. And then you start to realize the people that were toxic and the people that, you know, didn't serve you and to let go of them and focus on the people that do. And it's, it's been really empowering for me, even just to meet all these random women across the world and across the country that I've now become best friends with. Like, it's so bizarre, but I really do truly feel like they're some of my best friends. I'm seeing three of them in Arizona next week. It's, oh, I love that. Yeah. And for the first time, it's going to be incredible. Well, and I wonder too, if you said, you know, vulnerability, like these gatherings, it's about vulnerability. And when you feel like safe enough to, to be able to share in a self-worth position where you can say, but actually here's my shadow, like here it is, I brought it with, (laughs) and I want to share it with you so we can all come together. I mean, talk about, you know, magic, like you're bringing people into your life. They're learning from you. Yeah. That's really inspiring. Yeah. And I think it's, it's been really interesting because even with the podcast, my mom was always like, why are you sharing those things on podcasts? Like, why are you talking about your life so openly and your dad's addiction and your limiting beliefs and all these things? And she's shared a lot about her life. I mean, don't get me wrong. She, she did a whole Ted talk about losing her first husband. Like she's talked about her work struggles. She's talked about those things, but she's, I don't think she's ever talked about them to the level of vulnerability that she, I just don't think she lets her be that lets herself be that vulnerable with the outside world, which is fine. Like she's always held kind of a position of power or authority. So I think in that generation, like that was so looked down upon to have that level of vulnerability to show your weaknesses. But I think that's something that's so different about us is we crave that. Like we want that connection and we're opening up that, that energy to each other. And we've all grown up with this era of technology and now we're able to share that vulnerability you know, virtually and over podcasts and over, you know, Zooms and happy hours and all these things. And so I think it's, it's really partially a generational thing, but also just partially the way that our world has evolved. It's, 
that connection and that vulnerability is so needed more than ever. And we see it also in its worst every day on social media. So it makes you, I don't know, it makes me want to be my best. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Oversharing has definitely got me in trouble, but I don't regret it. It, it like, it brings me to people like you I and mean, this is how it works. <laughs> like, ever look back and say, wow, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Like I wish no. I wouldn't have been vulnerable. I wish I wouldn't have shared my heart because in those moments, like maybe you had that moment of regret for a second, but it was probably because that person was not in alignment with you and you are not supposed to have that per- person in your life. And so then you're like, oh, okay, move on. Let me go find somebody that I can share that with and can have that openness with. Mm-hmm. I think the one difference is if it's not my secret to share or my vulnerability, clearly I wouldn't do that. But that's a, like, a, I've thought about this a lot, like being a podcaster and wanting to, to share and like, is it my story or is it somebody else's? And like that, that's a good sort of question to ask before I share. <laughs> I literally had to call myself out on that. A couple of weeks ago, I did a podcast and my dad's addiction came up and he talks about it pretty openly, but he's not a very, like, he doesn't have social media. He doesn't do technology. Like he's been an addict for 30 years. Like he hasn't been raised on this stuff. And I was talking about his, his addiction on the, on my podcast. And I called him afterwards and I was like, Oh my God, dad, I'm so sorry. I talked about you on the podcast and I didn't even think about it, but I just wanted to call you and say like, just so you know, this is out there. If you want me to take it back, I can. He was like, you know what? Like I am at a point in my life where if that conversation changes one person's life. If it, if it keeps one person from going down the path that I went down, I want my story to be out there and there's nobody else out there. I'd rather tell it than you. And I was like, okay, I have to check myself. I have to make sure that I'm telling my story and not his in his own words. But it was a really powerful moment for me where I was like, you know, I lived through that too. And I have my parts of the story and, you know, I didn't throw them under the rug, but it's important that we have those moments to one, check ourselves and two, be vulnerable and when we feel like we need to be. Yeah. Troy, what do you do to take care of yourself? What are your self-care practices? Uh, <laughs> She's like, sigh, big sigh, really. Um, okay. Well, last night, um, I've been up for now 36 hours. So I'm probably the last person to say this <laughs> self-care for me. But actually, I will say I these energetic flows that I have, like I just can't let them go. And I'd much rather go into my day being completely energized, knowing that I'm accomplished, knowing that I got stuff done, knowing that I'm like ready for my day, then go to sleep and wake up. And honestly, the, those days that I do go to sleep with so much on my mind and so much to do, I sleep for like 15 to 20 hours. Like I can't get myself up. So it keeps me kind of in my flow, which maybe is not self-care, but I think my, my self-care is really just listening to when I'm in that flow and when I'm not and what my body needs. And alone time is really important to me. I'm very like introverted extrovert type person. Um, and it's, it's been really hard to deal with that during the pandemic living with my boyfriend, even though we've lived together for so long. If I had that space before I'm an entrepreneur, I had my own schedule. I worked from home and all of a sudden I didn't, but just tuning out, like not looking at my phone. I just not doing anything honestly, just like sitting there. I like to sometimes journal, sometimes not. I don't listen to podcasts. I don't read books, like just kind of like sitting there with my thoughts and, um, having those moments for me. And I mean, I, I would like to say that I work out a lot and I'd like to say that eating healthy is part of my self-care doing yoga and meditation, all those things. But I found that I'm a very addictive person. I come from that and they become over like 
overwhelming to me because I get addicted to them if I do them too often. So for me, it's much more about ritual than routine and just Mm. the sense of listening to what I need in that moment and just flowing with it. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful question, but I hope it did. (laughs) No, you like, I have a workshop called routine to ritual. So like, hell yes, I'm all about it. Oh, so Last question. What are you creating in 2021 or like what's on the docket for Tori and she factor? That is also a wonderful question. So many great questions that I feel like I don't have salt, like solid, good answer for you, but really for me personally, 2021 is about, I mean, I still have a lot of work to do in myself. And I, I think that flows out into my business and how I am empowering others and helping others. And like I even said with self-care, like I can't be teaching people to take care of themselves and be completely well when I'm staying up for 36 hours twice a week. Like that doesn't really make sense. So I think for 2021, like I really just need to focus on that and how I can be the best leader and integrity is really important to me. Like I need to say, I need to say what I do, do what I say and do it behind closed doors. So I really want to make that a focus. And I think that will run through into she factor, just the focus on self-care and wellness. I mean, that's really going to be our focus for 2021 as well. Just making that ingrained in every single little thing that we do. And we have hopefully some big deals in the, in the pipeline that would really make our brand catapult, which is exciting. And I cannot wait to see where that goes, but the goal is really to just connect women however we can. If that means 2021 is still virtual, then great. We'll still do it virtual. We'll have events every month like we've been doing. We'll have four summits a year. If it means that we can be in person again, hopefully a retreat, hopefully um, some in-person events, a summit, a huge conference. It's really about connecting women. That's what it all comes down to and really helping them care for themselves. And as we flow into 2021, we're really trying to help women get a, get ahead of that. Like, what can you be doing now to be your best self in 2021 instead of saying, okay, it's January 1st. What resolutions can I set? Okay. Is it going to be a total bust because 2020 is a bust and we're still in the spot? Like, no block that mindset. You can change your day. You can change your year. You can change your whole entire life today. If you just do one thing differently. So we just launched our 21 days of she campaign, which is 21 days of giveaways and holiday fun and all those things. But it's also 21 days of self-care and self-love. So each day we're going to focus on a different topic. Today, I believe it's all about kindness, tomorrow's joy. Then we're going to talk about generosity and bravery and just talk about each of these topics and like, how can you really, really tap into these in any moment? And how does that relate to 2021? Well, we're launching our new membership, new and improved membership. This is like our third time launching it, but now it's going to be the best it's going to be that it ever has been. And we're launching that on December 22nd. And like I said, that's all just about connecting people however we can, giving them the resources that they need to succeed and create a life they love and to continue working on them themselves, their self-care, their worth, their confidence, their leadership to really make that an everyday practice however we can, however we can change them and help them do that. I don't know because it's changed so much even in 2020, like from month to month, how we've and serving our customers and our community, but I'm excited to see where it goes. I think we're getting innovative and creative and, um, it's, it's been really magical to see even what we've been able to create in this year with all of the chaos that's happening around us. So, yeah, I agree. It's very cool. Will you tell listeners where to find you, your podcast, Instagram, all the things. 
Yes. So you can follow She Factor on Instagram at The She Factor and our website is thesheefactor.com. And then of course you can follow me at Tori Ganal. I share all of the good, bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and life in general. And I am sort of like the face of the brand in a way. Like I share kind of all of the, the vulnerable, authentic moments of the brand. And then our other Instagram is more just like the pretty inspiring, inspiring, motivating moment. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's okay. It's, it's totally fine. And so if you want to get more involved and actually join the community, you can of course join our she membership, but also our weekly virtual happy hours are completely free. We do a free event every month that we'll, that we will be starting up again in January, 2021. So I hope to see you all there. And of course you can always connect with me. I'll answer any questions for you and I'd love to meet you and talk to you about she factor. Awesome. Thank you, Tori. Thanks for taking the time. Have fun on your trip. And I'm excited to see what happens for she factor in 2021. I'll be, I'm going to hop into one of those virtual happy hours soon. Here, That sounds super fun. Please do. And we need to have you on the podcast as well. And uh, I'll have to let you know what happens in Arizona with my spiritual week. Ooh, with your Sedona trip. Yes. Um, But yes, I am so excited for you as well. And so glad our paths crossed. And thank you for listening to my rambling 36 hours of no sleep voice, but I appreciate you having me on and this is the norm. So you got the normal Tori, the typical Tori. (laughs) I like the authentic Tori. I like it. (laughs) She's honest. She has no filter. Thank you, Tori, for being on the show. Check out She Factor. Get involved in their community. It is such a cool community. Again, if you love this episode, don't forget to shout it out or share it with a friend. Tag at Yoga Magic Podcast on Instagram. And thanks again. We'll see you next week.